I'm not a thief. I've never stolen anything in my life. My hands tremble with anger as I spray my hair with a ton of dry shampoo in the bathroom mirror. I didn't have time to wash it. I slept through my alarm after finally falling asleep around 4am. I'd lain in bed replaying that awful scene in my head when Mrs Cavendish had accused me of stealing a ring from a guest's room. Someone supposedly saw me going into the hotel suite on Saturday. What a lie! I told Mrs C they were either mistaken or deliberately framing me. But she wouldn't listen. She fired me on the spot. Be grateful I haven't rung the police. Before I'd headed to the sea tractor in tears, Rachel, one of the full-time housekeepers, gave me a hug and insisted she believed me. She told me jewellery, money and a silver leopard ornament have disappeared from rooms in the Sea Haven over the last few months. Mrs C was looking for a scapegoat. She'd smoothed things over with the old lady by sacking someone over her missing ring, but she didn't want the police turning up again. She'd claimed a dead, drunken guest had been bad enough for business this season. Still, why me? Mrs C hasn't said anything outright racist, but she never attempted to pronounce my surname, Abdelatif, correctly, and thought it was hilarious to call me QL, short for Queen Latifah, on the rotor. Of course, all the staff born and brought up in North Devon miraculously escaped her witch hunt. Mrs C hadn't even punished the estate manager for forgetting to restore the danger sign on the clifftop behind the hotel where that guest fell to his death. Hurry, it's half past. Mum hollers up the stairs. I'm coming. I can't tell her what's happened. Her worry list is full. I'll pretend I quit my Saturday job after getting sick of cleaning toilets. That part of my story is true. I've texted Frankie, the lobster bar's manager, and she's agreed to a trial waitress shift on Saturday night. I can shadow Liam, the brainiest student in my maths class and the entire school. Probably the whole of Devon. Layla! This time it's my stepdad, Leon. The bus won't wait for you. Tell me about it. Silas the sadist closes the bus doors and pulls away to make me run whenever he spots me in his wing mirror. I regularly do the walk of shame to my usual seat, three rows from the front while the other kids slow clap, the ones who are awake anyway. I'm almost there! I head to my bedroom, past Sala's door. I peer inside. The floor is a Lego death trap as usual, deliberately designed to cause maximum pain to bare feet, while posters of famous footballers plaster every wall. His head rests on the pillow. Bald, where once there were dark brown curls. I pause, listening for his breath, but he's completely silent. I pick my way around tiny bricks and lean over the bed, frantically scanning his mouth and chest for movement. Suddenly he sits bolt upright. Get out before I throw something at you! I jump guiltily. Sorry, Habibi. Do you want anything? A less annoying sister, and I'm not your darling. I retreat, limping as a tile maliciously clamps to my heel. Okay, I'm out of here. 
and close the door behind you, M.M. I hate that nickname. It's short for Minnie Mum. But I leave the door open a crack before hurrying downstairs. Don't forget to arrive early tonight to bag a good seat, I tell Mum as I sling my rucksack next to the washing machine. I leave the tickets on the table as she and Leon peer at a message on her phone. I stick bread into the toaster and put water, ground coffee and sugar into the kanaka. I'll never survive Math's first period without caffeine. I place the long-handled pot on the hot plate and check my mobile as I wait for the mixture to heat up and froth. My friend Alvita has messaged. Don't miss the bus. Save a seat for Kai. She's attached a gif of two teddy bears kissing. <laughs>